Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Post extra time. I'm your host, Chris. Uh, with me this week, I have got Scott. How, how, how are you? You okay? I'm very well. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Good, good, good. I've got Ryan. Hello. Hello. And the boiled egg to my Eric Cantona's penis, I've got Ali. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Hi, Chris. How are you? <laughs> I'm very well. Uh, listeners, if any of you have been on the rock the last few days, this will make sense as we talk about it in uh, a short while. So, we are talking about Premier Leagues uh, in um, uh, in the UK. We've got other bits and bobs of news. We've got uh, low league fixtures as well because it's getting to that exciting time of the season. So, first of all, we are going to start in uh, the borough of Salford as Manchester United lost 2-0 at home to Manchester City. Um, Lee Rossani scored. Bernardo Silva now, uh, after he scored, he's got as many Premier League goals as Ivan Campo and Vinnie Jones. Oh. Good. Um, who saw this one? Yeah, I actually watched it, it which yeah. is you were surprising. Me. All right. Okay. Uh, first things first, was David De Gea at fault for any of the goals? Yes. First one or both of them? I can't remember the second one. Sane. Sane's no, one. No, Man United defence was horrifically at fault for the second one. Was yeah, that... the, fir- the first one was, it was you would have expected expected him to have been able to save it and even when you watch the replays back it looks like he should have enough time but he's he's way out of position because he's well he's expecting the ball to come to the his father's right hand side but obviously he's not expected it to go to his left but obviously he's out of position anyway yeah okay um my thing about Solskjaer the last couple of weeks um He's very nostalgic, invoking the spirit of 99, refusing to use Alex Ferguson's car park in space. Um, and he took the team on a tour of the, the, the visit to the, the former training ground at the Cliffs this week. Is he a bit too stuck in the past with that, or should he be getting his head around what actually is happening at the moment? Is is he doing right or doing wrong with regards to that? I, it's difficult, because I'm under the sort of opinion that Manchester United need to move on a little bit. I think they're a bit too stuck in the past, if that makes sense. Like, you know, why should it be every week or every win that United have that cuts to Alex Ferguson smiling? Look, it's great that he's he's still involved, obviously, but you know, not wanting to park in his car park and space. It's little things like that. It's just like you're living too much in what's happened in the past and you're struggling now. Yeah. I think he needs to take charge of the situation because I think the players are probably also thinking, well, if you're not going to take this seriously enough and you're here because you're a former player than a manager that's here to do the job, then why should we play the same way? Um, Ali, have you listened to the Manchester United rank cast with Ed and Paul ever? What do you think? 
Well, I'm, I'm an official <laughs> friend of this. I'm, a, I'm an official friend of their show, so you know. Yeah, but you, you, that's probably another team that you support. <laughs> yeah. Closet Man United fan. Uh, Ed this week on the Redcast was talking about the Liverpoolization of uh, Manchester United. Um, when Liverpool began to fade at the early 1990s, he sees something very similar happening to um, to Manchester United now, stuck in the past as their peers modernise and uh, progress while they sort of stayed in 2011, essentially. Yeah, it definitely is that. I mean, like it's, it's hard to comment on Man United and you know, Liverpool fan. Because I it's, not, it's really easy, it's great fun. No, no, it is, but even in a... I, I do it in quite a neutral way, and they are. They are exactly what Liverpool were in the early 90s and it's the way it's been going since Ferguson even when like Van Gaal and Mourinho came in like no not the club didn't want to change you know they're still living in that Ferguson era. and as Ryan says like Sosa needs to like show the players that he's the boss mm. like this the whole I know it seems really petty but this whole you know not parking in a yeah. is, and not letting the players call you boss like he should be wanting to emulate. I mean, I still feel Ferguson's doing a lot of the managerial stuff with Solskjaer there. But, I mean, that'll never come out um, at any time to even prove it. But I just feel he's more of... They brought Solskjaer in because he's the yes man. You know, he's the... Competition winner. Uh, well, yeah. Basically, it's only... He didn't exactly have a legendary Man United career. If it wasn't for that Champions League Did final... He? Well, would he... Would he really go down as a Man United legend without that 99 final? Yeah, I think so. He was he was content to play second fiddle at United rather than take first team football at Spurs. He was I think, content I think to like... play second fiddle. Yeah, there's a loyal that... man, you know, whatever yeah, level but... he was. I think Ali's right. You know, he, he is a bit of a yes man. He he is he has come in to effectively steady the ship. And I, I can't remember what I was listening to. I don't know if it was Sky Sports or or the stream that I was watching the game for on Monday, but. A lot of them were saying, why did you give the job shot in the middle of that season? Why not wait until the end of the season, like you'd already said? Yeah. Because he, he was doing such games in that great run, where in theory against teams towards the bottom of the table. So it's not exactly you know, that easy to prove that he, he was there to do it. But Because it seems to be, ever since they gave him that permanent job, which all those players you know, said, oh, he's at the wheel, they've, they've started to falter. Mm. And it's almost like, well... Is it because is it because he's suddenly a permanent manager and they think actually actually I only wanted them here until the end of the season I want someone a bit more serious or maybe he's got a lot more experience to come in. Yeah, Scott, as uh, talking heads sang, you might find yourself behind the wheel of a large automobile and ask yourself how did I get here? <laughs> the Austin Powers gift comes to mind. Which one's that? Uh, oh, where he's trying to reverse in and out and he gets stuck in, in uncompromising positions. Okay. Um, they did okay in the first half, didn't they? But, I mean, after winning um, 14 out of his first 17 games, Solskjaer, he's lost 7 out of 9 now, hasn't he? Nine, but, yeah. Like I said, first half, they did okay, but it just seemed like City were biding their time somewhat, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. It reminded me of the Barcelona game that everybody's given them lots of credit for. Mm. Um, and it was like I brought the point up with Dave and Chris on the Sunday show the weekend after. Like, everybody was praising McTominay that night. But what did he do to deserve praise? And it was like that. They, don't get me wrong, they, they tried much harder than I thought, like the first 15 minutes. But man, kind of just didn't really try. They weathered it, set the time. Because Pep said it summed up Liverpool and City. Don't want to, you know, throw the title in themselves. So they're not making mistakes. They're just playing, you know, fierce. 
weather, every storm that teams are going to try and hit them on. And then once City started playing, from about the what, 35th minute mark when they really took over, Man United never looked like doing anything. And it was just, it really is a typical United performance. Really, this season, they just don't have... <clears throat> there's, there's nothing about them. There's no midfield. There's no, you know, like, Everton have got, like, a dresser guy who, even when the team are playing bad, they've just got somebody who, who can grab a game by the scruff of the neck. And United really don't have it. And, and that's that's their biggest issue because with the squad that they've got, they really should do better than they do. Mm. Um, but I think not having, as Ryan mentioned, they should never have gave uh, Solskjaer the job when they did. I mean, they could have easily, quite easily said, look, the job's yours. We're not going to announce anything. Keep it going till the end of the season. Mm. But they could now finish. But I'd, I'd imagine six is the lowest they could finish. Yeah. But they're then stuck with them or they're given another huge payout. They're still making payments to Van Hal, to Moy. Well, I think Moyes has just finished. He's got um, six, Moyes has got six months left. Six months, is it? Right, yeah. yeah. And Mourinho. So they're, they're literally making payments out. Mm. So are they really going to do the same with Solskjaer or are they going to then stick by Solskjaer for another three years, I think they gave him? Okay. It just seems they really need to, Man United really need to sort out their upstairs. They need to direct, about on the pitch. Yeah, I think me, yourself, Ali and Chris were talking last week that they needed to sort a director of football out as well. Mm. That was the main thing to sort out before appointing Solskjaer. Who's the man? I mean, I, I saw... Who did they say on Monday? It was it was like a former United player, like maybe Vandersar. like a Van der Sar or something oh, like yeah. that. Yeah, technical director at Ajax, isn't it? Ajax, yeah. I mean, I can't see him. I can't see him leaving that that project at Ajax. They're thinking of giving it to Phelan. Oh, mm. sure that again, that's keeping, that that's like it's, it's like one foot in the past, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Um, Vincent Company got his tenth yellow card in the, uh, in um, this fixture in a Manchester derby. Um, only two of the players have received ten yellow cards in the, the same fixture. That's Jamie Carragher in Liverpool versus Manchester United. Uh, and Mark Noble in West Ham versus Spurs. Um, <laughs> Ryan Manchester United next are at home to Chelsea. Uh, they're six, three points behind Chelsea, who are in fourth. Um, and Hazard in away fixtures this season, he scored five and assisted five, which is more than any other Chelsea player. He drew against Burnley rather hilariously and brilliantly fun the other day. Um, David Luiz accusing anybody of shithousery is... Um... It's just brilliant, isn't <laughs> it's it? Just, I mean, it's just it's shithousery ironic. itself, isn't it? <laughs> it's come full circle that we're the ones saying about anti-football. Yeah, I mean, Sarri has been good this season, but he can end up getting Chelsea into fourth and into a Europa League final and, and into the Champions League. He's got two cracks in it, hasn't he? He has. Are you sarri um, It's a difficult one. Um, you know, yes, okay, if we finish fourth or, or win the Europa League, whatever, or both, you know, there's potential that both could happen. Ali shook his head we, and raised his eyebrows. Eh? <laughs> we, we've not looked convincing in any sort of form over the past, well, since January, maybe. You know, mm. I, I think we've been on a bit of a downward trajectory, and the full round, I think, is a, is a testament to how all the other teams around us have started to bottle it as well. Yeah. Because um, one thing I, I, I was going to mention is Manchester United versus is a bit of a club crisis derby despite teams still being in the hunt for a top four you look at the t- the three or four teams in, in that hunt for that top four place and they've all gone through some form of media crisis you know at some point in this season um, Chelsea's was sort of when Hudson Hudson Odoi wasn't playing and 
the Kepa situation with the League Cup final just beforehand. United is seemingly ongoing now because the media is all about, you know, technical directors. I saw a story that apparently a a teammate gave a a media source that Rashford is not as humble as he once was and that's now causing resentment among the rest of the squad. And obviously because they're downturn in form, these top four clubs, even though they're, they're still fighting for the top four, because it's not because of how well Liverpool and Man City have actually done, they're in crisis or have been in crisis. And I think that's quite interesting. Are we a fan of Kevin Friend allegedly telling David Luiz to shut up and go away before laughing at him as Luiz complained to him? <laughs> Do you want to, oh, I'd be fine with it. You know, <laughs> it's, I think if referees were to do that more, that's probably better. Yeah. Um, and of course, Manchester City next, Ali, they are uh, away at Burnley. This really is last chance saloon for Liverpool, isn't it? I think some Liverpool fans were big in Burnley after this draw the other day, weren't they? You've got a look of resignation on your face. It's over. It's, they're going to finish <laughs> on 98 points. We can't rely on Burnley. Like, no offence, Ryan, right? But Chelsea exactly haven't been like outstanding this no, season. No, we haven't at, at right? all. So, anybody getting excited because Burnley drew two all with Chelsea. Like, that's that's like Huddersfield beating Brighton. You know, it's just... <laughs> oh, I did Hang on a second. It's <laughs> <laughs> it, just not like Chelsea haven't, like, no. Chelsea haven't this creative oh. attacking threat. Say, if, if, if we're talking about away, it was because it was an away game, right? Chelsea, Chelsea, I can't it was Chelsea at home. It was oh, at okay, well, either way. Yeah. The, the fact that Chelsea drew 2-2 with Burnley, I think that's actually a testament to Chelsea actually getting a draw <laughs> and not conceding four or five goals and not scoring. So. You're kidding. Yes, so you're going back to my point of <laughs> we can't pin our hopes. I mean, yeah, look, it's at Turfmoor. Yeah, I get it. Um, but Man City really are that good. Like, they have players... Like, they could get if they could take first four first team injuries and they're still going to beat Bright, uh, Burnley one or two nil. Mm. No, yeah, they're, they're not comparable results. No, like Man City are a, are a league above Chelsea as as it is right now, and that's the thing about the league right now is that the top two teams are far better than the teams in third, fourth, fifth. So, oh. what's the point gaps between? Well, it's two... twenty one points. Twenty one, yeah. Spurs. That's, that's that's ridiculous. Like second yeah. place is twenty one points clear. Like people say, like the league this year is terrible. You know, like the the, the Leicester winning the league year, but it's not. The league's standard. Like if you look at the points totals, but Liverpool and Man City are just anomalies this year. It's just yeah. we, we we were speaking about in the WhatsApp group earlier. Like the points total that these two teams are going to finish on would win the league every other season, regardless. Yeah, in, most, in most countries as well. I've seen yeah. that. Oh, they'd be record that. setters as well. Yeah, record setters, yeah. I've seen that both sets of clubs have, haven't lost a game for, I mean, was it 11 games? Both Liverpool and Manchester City? Well, I haven't dropped points. Yeah. And when they're playing, there's well, a No, teams. that's not right with Liverpool. Is it not? No, no, it's definitely Man City. Man City, Man if they City, win the yeah. last three games, will be 14 wins on the bounce. 14. Um, Scott, so, Burnley have got 44... Yes. Uh, but then you've got a, um, a win percentage of 44% versus Premier League champions. Tell Ali it's going to be okay. Just sort of stroke his hair and gently caress him and tell it will be fine. I'm trying to do it on the webcam, but probably... <laughs> <laughs> but I think I'm sort of I'm, agree with I've, Ali. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it. I just... Uh, we're cursed. Liverpool genuinely cursed. Yeah. We will never win the league in my life. <laughs> The thing is, I, I can imagine a scenario where Man City either draw or actually do lose, but then so do Liverpool, and it just defeats the point anyway. 
I can. I yeah. don't see us losing points. <laughs> You're cursed. To that's how. That's how cursed you yeah. are. It's... Like... Well, I've really enough for this, but uh, we've got Newcastle away with Agent Rafa and City have got. Agent I think you'll want to take you over, you know. No, and then finally, think... they're we... safe. They're safe. They've our fans still like them, Ryan. We've not got shit houses in our foot club, like like certain. <laughs> no, we we respect our managers too. Who win us European trophies? And... They finish. <laughs> you know, they finish with Manchester City are away to Brighton, who could still be fighting for their lives at this point, uh, and Liverpool are at home to Wolves, who will be not going to put game. a tackle in because they don't yeah. lose the pick-up final. On Ryan's point, right? Liverpool are going to draw the last game of the season against Wolves, and Brighton <laughs> will beat Man City, and Man City will win the league on goal difference. <laughs> Wolves against the top six is just it's a different class. It's, it's, like, that game is not an easy game for Liverpool. Only, only two teams have beat them. Well, this is a great segment, guys, because next on my list was Wolves versus Arsenal. Wolves win. Wolves will beat Arsenal. They, they, they did do. They did, they on Wednesday. I thought was... they had done it this weekend. No, oh, no, no, I, no they were no. slagging Chris off, eh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wolves, have got, Wolves have got Watford, haven't they? Wolves have got Watford, yeah. Uh Faye yeah. with eight goals and two assists in his last ten games, but... Uh, Wolves beat Arsenal 3-1 this week with goals from Neves, Doherty and Diego Jota. Ruben Neves with a free kick. He scored more goals um, from outside the penalty box this season, which is four, than touches inside the area, which is three. He's a great player, isn't he? He's Some not going to stick at Wolves, is he? He is. <laughs> oh, what, a, what a player he is. Yeah. Uh, Wolves got 16 points against top six teams this season. I, I mean... They could really do something next season if they figure out how to beat the teams below them who just sit back. A bit like what they do against the bigger teams. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, think, I think Wolves are such a great story this season because I think a lot of us at the start... Are, says, they, you know great, what? are they a great story or are they backed by a huge um, agent? Oh, let's, not get, let's not get into this, please. <laughs> no, come on. This isn't exactly Roy the Rovers, is it? No, no. But I just mean in terms of, you know, they, they, they came up in the league and I think everyone said... You know, I think they're going to be able to push up, and I think there was a few people that said, "No, you know, that promoted teams can't do it." And I think mainly just in terms of, the, and the, you know, they picked players. Yeah, they've got some, they've got some top tier talent and, and big players, but they've actually stuck to it and they've managed to sort of make a big success out of it. And I think that's the story: is okay. they, they've lasted the, the season. Um, next, I'm on away to Leicester City in the Martin Keown derby. Um, Leicester have won one out of twenty-four in the Premier League against Arsenal. Uh, for Chris on the Sunday show, um, they're going to be fine. I mean, Arsenal when they kick off at twelve o'clock. This is the early game on Sky tomorrow. So Arsenal uh, on Sunday. Sorry, when Arsenal kick off at noon in the Premier League, they've won fifteen, drawn four, and lost. Yeah, but Unai's Emery's record when he was once at Seville, they did away for eighteen months. Hey, really? Yeah. Did you read hey. my statistic then, Ali, or have Liverpool scored? Liverpool, Liverpool just scored. scored. Okay. The player that Hazard wants to be just scored. Um, wow. Milner. <laughs> no, Salah. <laughs> Sorry, Scott, you were saying? Uh, yeah, uh, when Unai Emery was at Sevilla, they had, uh, he had the unwanted record of not winning an away game for 18 months. Okay. That, that is mad. <clears throat> yeah. You think he's trying uh, to beat that now? <laughs> more, than likely, so. more than likely more than likely oh right we've had a message from Jessie so she says that she's stuck, she was going to be with us tonight but she's stuck in a storm with a power plant so she can't make it so she says I'm naming this storm Storm Ryan it's the one thing that's keeping me from talking about Toby out of her old with him <laughs> <laughs> 
So there we go. Uh, Watford won, Southampton won. Um, Shane Long with the goal after seven seconds, which is all the more remarkable because it was Watford that kicked off. Yeah, I've not seen this goal or seen how this actually happens. All I heard was a charge down. Yeah, what they kicked off, they played it back to the defence with Craig Cathcart, who went to sort of volley it clear and was charged down um, by Shane Long, who nipped in and dinked it over the top of... uh, Who would have been in goal? Ben Foster in goal to... Great finish, though. It was (laughs) lovely finish. Whoever played the pass and Cathcart should not be released from their contracts immediately. Uh, The the player who, who kicked off and... Dallid. I mean, to be fair, Shane Long was it's not as if he nipped out of nowhere. Shane Long. He's also Shane, Shane Long, who's on a bit of a goal story streak at the minute, isn't he? He's got like five goals this season, three in, three in his last <laughs> few games. Yeah. yeah. Still a scoring run. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what more can you say, I guess? <laughs> uh, it, I tell you what, it, this, this is the fastest Premier League goal ever. The 10th fastest, I had a little look at this. The person who scored the 10th fastest Premier League, Premier League goal ever was Asmir Begovic. What? Uh, against Southampton in the 2013-14 season for Stoke. That was. was oh, that was the that, one... that the wind? This wind yeah, was that the goal? wind one? Or... Must be. Flipping Yeah, there you go. Saints. So, go on, go on. I say, did um, Shane Long beat Ledley King's record of yeah. was it ten or twelve seconds? Or... Yeah, Shane yeah, Long's did. is the quickest. Yeah. 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 Seven point six nine seconds. I think the goal tonight might match it. Yeah? From Naby Keza. Okay. Southampton dropped 25 points from leading positions this season. That's something they've got to rest next season, isn't it? If uh, Hassan Hootel wants to um, do something with this team. I think there'll be a different side next season. Completely. Yeah, Yeah, I agree with Scott. Yeah, he's going to get a pre-season with them. Um, I mean, their form since January up until the Liverpool game was, was top six for them. So... I mean, the positive signs are there, and let's be honest, their team isn't great. Hmm. Like, you know, not on, it's easy to say on paper, but even if you go through it individually, there's not many players there now that will get picked apart. You know, they've kind of been a selling club to us, yeah. grantedly. But, um, you know, they've had like one or two bits of like hidden gems or even just like blaggers, like Lovren type. Nobody's, nobody's going to, I can't see anybody looking at Southampton and thinking, you know what, let's take them. So they'll get to hold on to their squad. Yeah. Hopefully they get a bit of money to invest, well, for the manager's sake anyway, you know, and he just gets a season to work with them, like yeah. a pre-season. Um, I think I'm excited for Superhampton next season. Two players are quite underrated with them. I think Ryan Bertrand and Nathan Redmond have both done very well this season, haven't they? Yeah. Um, I'd probably, I'd take Ward Prowse. I, I think he's quite good. <laughs> See, we mentioned Ward Prowse on the, the Sunday show quite a lot. I feel he plays in the wrong era. He doesn't quite have a... Because, like, obviously, the way the modern formations are set up, it's like when we were discussing the team of the year. He doesn't really have a position that he could excel in at a top club because he seems to be like a, a right midfielder, you know, a good old-fashioned 4-4-2 because he's not quick enough to be a winger. He's not strong enough and... To be a centre-mid. Yeah, dare yeah, I say yeah, maybe the intelligence and quick-minded to be the midfielder. He needs to be that good old-fashioned David Beckham 4-4-2 because his set-pieces are great he, and he is a good footballer mm. and I think he's just a victim of the era that he's in. Mm. OK. Um, Southampton next up are at home to Bournemouth. Bournemouth's last 20 away Premier League games is um, drawn 6, lost 14. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, I mean, Eddie Howe, I think, 
that, that, that I don't think that club's going to change until that. I think they're going to eventually have to move on from Eddie yeah. Howe. Yeah, I think they're in, they're in danger of stagnating. I think Bournemouth. I mean, I, I think they're going to go down every year. Every year we do our predictions in August. I think they're going to go down. So one year I'm bound to be right. But they do appear to be a team that sort of gets the job done by about October and then sort of flounders about till the end of the season. And one year it's going to catch them out. Yeah, like it did to Stoke a yeah. couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. but at least Bournemouth try to play some decent. Well, Stoke because they have to go down. <laughs> um, like at least with Bournemouth, even when they're getting beat, they're usually getting beat because Eddie Howe's great tactically. Like, let's be be honest, he he gets away with a lot of stick that he doesn't that he should get. Sorry, because he's young and English. If he was a foreign manager, he would take abuse week after week for tactics, team selection, signings. Like mm. Bournemouth, maybe the worst bar Man United of the worst. Sign- they're signing Dominic Solanke for nineteen million. <laughs> doesn't get a game, right? Um, they signed... He's still injured. No play recently, I think. No, he's been playing, yeah. yeah, like coming off the bench, but he's not getting games. Like, they signed like, Ibe, who's yeah. not good enough, yeah. doesn't get a game for them now. Or like, yeah, and they signed a guy, what, what's his name? He's that bad, I can't even remember his name now. But they signed a left-back from us for £7 million. Oh, Brad, Brad Smith. Smith. Yeah, Brad he's Smith. at Swindon. Yeah. Well, he's terrible. He's maybe the worst fullback I've ever seen play. <laughs> they signed them for seven million. Again, couldn't get a game. Didn't even get on the bench most weeks. So, like, I don't know what the recruitment policy like. What's going on? And I, I just, think just feel that until they fix that, they aren't going to go anywhere else. He's young yeah. and cuddly and looks like a teddy bear and all this sort of stuff. That's what people, <laughs> people like yeah. him. Um, they did. Um, they did give Jermaine Defoe a hundred grand a week contract at thirty-four. He did score goals for him, though. <laughs> yeah, you can see why, though, because whilst 100 grand a week is ridiculous, but for Bournemouth to get a goal scorer like Defoe, how much would that cost them in yeah. fees? So whilst it's ludicrous when you think of that, like for a team like Bournemouth giving that out, but to keep a player... Like, Defoe's guarantee, if he starts every week in the Premier League, He's guaranteeing you what fifteen league goals a season. Yeah, fifteen to twenty. How, how many? Plus. How many team? How many teams can say that? I'll in, take including, that. <laughs> well, they, like genuinely, Ryan. Though, I know you're thinking, but like Giroud couldn't guarantee you that every season. Higuain certainly isn't. I think we talked about Higuain's celebration this week, where he buried his head <laughs> in that woman's bosom. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's the best impact he's had for Chelsea. Also. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Spurs uh, beat Brighton 1-0 with a Christian Eriksen goal after 88 minutes Brighton zero goals in 8 Premier League games they're still to play Manchester City and Arsenal to put that into context uh, approximately 17 million people have been born since Brighton last scored a Premier League goal and have yet to see them score um, Spurs had 21 shots from outside the box that's the most since Liverpool versus Chelsea in April 2014 remember that game Ali? nope <laughs> I think most of those were Mr. S. Gerrard, weren't they, that took those shots? Yep. <laughs> was that after a certain incident in the first half? Yeah. I remember that so clearly because it was like, you're trying too hard, mate. You just need to pass the ball. <laughs> I knew... people, people wonder why I hate Gerrard. <laughs> just watch that game on repeat. <laughs> you just knew, didn't you, that as soon as that went in, Liverpool weren't going to score. It doesn't matter how, how, how get, we tried. That's the thing. He just kept shooting. He was like miles out, 
and he just yeah. kept shooting. But we were never going to get passed. by that defence. Who was that? Like, was it Callas or something that played in defence yeah, for you guys? Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. He, he played like one of the best games of his career. <laughs> yeah, but Mourinho literally dropped half his team. He rested the team. Literally, yeah. he, he basically turned around without saying the words to Brendan Rodgers, we'll give you a point. Just don't try. Just settle, set up for a point. A point wins you the league. No, no, Gerard, give me the ball. <laughs> I'll show you. And, uh, oh, Thomas, go on, yeah, he Thomas was like is, yeah, he's at Bristol City. Yeah, he's not doing great. On loan, he's still a Chelsea player. Yeah, I know. Chelsea I know. Player. Everyone's a Chelsea player, somewhere or another. Uh, right. Okay. Um, Brighton's running. They are at home to Newcastle away to Arsenal, home to Manchester City, um, and Cardiff's running. They are uh, home to. Well, they're away to Fulham. They're at home to Palace and away to Manchester United. Um, Fulham have won their last two, of course. Now they've been relegated, uh, but there's been zero home defeats between promoted teams played in the last twenty-three Premier League games. So the onus is, or the, the sort of form is with Fulham on this one. But I can see, I can see Cardiff staying up. You know, it's three points between them, and Brighton have got the fair share of goal difference. But that running for Brighton, I can see Fulham coming out of that with four points, maybe six points. I can see, um, I can see Brighton coming out of that with zero. I can see Cardiff winning at Man United. I can't see. I can't see that. I can see a sneaky draw or something. Uh, uh, yeah. Sorry, I'm reading. Yes, that's fine, Ali. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll get a, we'll get you while we can. Have I got anything specific for you? Oh, yeah, we'll do that in a second. Uh, okay. Um, okay. Next for uh, home to Cam. Anyone bothered about that? Really? No. no. I mean, I, I think there's a potential that they could like West Ham could dink a draw, maybe. But they're so inconsistent as well that yeah, you just never know, do you? I think sponsors at the new stadium, they've still got that, that boost. Yeah, that know. bounce. Yeah, I mean, I think they've won three in a three, yeah. all three yeah. games at home. I haven't I think, conceded. Yeah, I think maybe if they dropped points or lost a game, then you, they might have had that doubt keeping in, you know, but it seems to be going their way at the home stadium just now and, you know, things are going right. I think, as Ryan said, West Ham very inconsistent and I think it'll just be, be one of those routine... 1-0, 2-0, Spurs win, you know, it'll be nothing exciting, it'll just be, you know, three points, really. Okay, and finally it's Palace versus Everton in the Andy Johnson derby, Richarlison's a doubt for this one, Everton have beaten an eight versus Palace, in fact, uh, Everton's last l- loss at Selhurst Park was 1994, when Ryan was still sucking his thumb and <laughs> still in nappies, so anyone bothered about that one? No. no, no. Okay, I was going to do leagues next, but I'll come on to news next if Ali's got to disappear. Right, the Canadian Premier League starts this weekend. Who's up for this one? Right, what we're going to do, there are seven teams, weirdly enough, in the Canadian Premier League. So I am going to ask uh, you to both give me, all three of you to give me a number between one and seven. Who should I go with first? Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Ryan is looking really enthusiastic about this. So Ryan, between <laughs> one and seven. Six. Six, you've got, write this down, this is your team in the Canadian Premier League. In fact, this, okay. is, this is made for you. Uh, you've got a team called Valor FC, who've got an Adam Mitten playing for the Kettering Town legend. Oh, Adam for Mitten. God's sake. <laughs> uh, Scott, pick a number, not including six, team uh, one or seven. Uh, number three. Was that, that was number one, number. was that number one, did you say? 
No, number three. Okay, number one is Cavalry FC, who have got head coach of Tommy Wielden Jr., ex Swindon Town. Don't remember him at all. <laughs> no. He's a Canadian what, Englishman. What about his original pick rather than the one that you've yeah. kind of fought right. on? Him? Number three, you said number three, didn't you? Number three is Forge yeah. FC. They're your Forge team. F. Write them down. Ali, your team. Yeah, I'll, I'll go seven. Seven, you've got York 9 FC. Great. They're your Canadian Premier League team. Um, I'm going to get them tattooed on me. Good lad. If you'd gone for two, you could have got. You could have had Tommy Amiobi in your team. That the third brother of the Amiobis. Um, is he actually the brother, or just? He's definitely the brother. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. He is. I don't think any of us are actually going to, you know, you to go away. I'll and... be asking questions. I'm going to buy the kit. You should. Do. Honestly, <laughs> some of these kits look pretty good. <laughs> Uh, Bolton players have refused so far to play tomorrow's fixture, I think it was against Ipswich, um, citing unpaid wages for March for both them and other staff at uh, Bolton Wanderers Football Club. I don't blame them, to be honest. Does so anybody did, else here? As I say, did they wait to get relegated and then do this? Because it's like, well, at least we've got nothing else to do. <laughs> Possibly, being very cynical. But I think they're at the end of their tether a little bit. Has anyone got a, an issue with what they're doing here? Not at all. No. no. We wouldn't go to work and not get paid, would we? So... No, no, that's very true. Uh, what else have we got? So, uh, who's seen Eric Cantona's penis this week? Thankfully, not me. Yeah, me neither. Are you seen this video, I, Scott? I've watched the video. I actually watched it at work. I watched it, was it even work worse. Well. <laughs> I watched it at work <laughs> because I didn't realise what was happening. I watched it at work, and yeah. people went, "Oh, what's?" Because I sort of made a laughing sound, and they went, "What are you laughing at?" I thought, oh shit! Now what do I do? <laughs> so I showed hey, everyone. Look at this penis on my phone. <laughs> exactly. So basically, guys, his Instagram post now deleted, but still available on Twitter. As, as I was finding the other day, um, Eric Cantona in his Gallic moody way is staring at the staring at a camera. Uh, and he he doesn't break eye contact or blink or anything. And then the camera moves down to him holding an iPad uh, with a sort of naked body with its leg clo- legs closed. And on top of the naked body in the tummy area is an egg, a boiled egg. Well, not, no, an unboiled egg. Uh, it's an egg. Uh, what proceeds to then happen is the legs open and a huge penis with a massive erection comes flopping out the legs, lands on top of the egg and breaks it. It's an instant classic. And then, and then the camera scrolls back up to Eric, who has maintained his gaze and is still staring in in that Gallic moody way. It is really well worth checking out if you guys haven't seen it as yet. I I mean, I I genuinely might watch this and then remake it and send it to the wife just to get a reaction. No, put it in the WhatsApp group. (laughs) Send it to the WhatsApp group. Yeah, do it with an Easter egg. I want to be able to break it. Kendall's <laughs> uh, egg, maybe. <laughs> what else have we got? Um, oh, there's a new stadium that's opened in Pakistan, Ali. Have you seen who it's named after? I have not. The I new, have. Yeah, the new Ian Rush Stadium. Yeah, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he does charity work out there. He's massive out there, yeah. Yeah, he's big in Pakistan. Uh, what else? Have we got? Oh, the Spanish FA want to play the Super Cup in Saudi Arabia. Um raking them a possible $33 million for the next six years. This is announced the day after 37 men, including three who were sentenced as minors, were executed. Um, Ryan, you told me I had three multiple teams and my opinion isn't worth anything when it comes to uh, sport and politics. What do you think about this? I mean, it's not great, is it? It's I not mean... great. No, that's, that's an understatement, Ryan. Yeah, no. <laughs> Obviously, it's, it's, you know, there's a lot of companies out there that continue to do business with uh, countries that do sort of 
you know, things like this. Especially, yeah, you know, the WWE, WWE were the biggest one that, that yeah. did shows out there and get a lot of money from it. I mean, why you want to play... Forget, like, and, yeah, and that, there's some seriousness behind all this, but, but why would you want to play your domestic cup games elsewhere? $33 billion for six yeah, years. No, I, I, know, I, know the, I know the actual reason for the money, but you, you'd like to think that at some point, even taking the seriousness into consideration, like at some point, someone at that decision-making tree's got to go. Wait a minute, guys, this is a terrible, terrible idea. But and I guess money's just too powerful, and it's just like I, I, I respect your opinion, but how would you like to change it for a million pounds? But surely, uh, sport and politics are two separate things which shouldn't mix, which is what I was told this week by somebody. <laughs> 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 I mean, yes and no. I mean, I, but again, I wish I my camera was turned on tonight. <laughs> I wouldn't. Thank God it isn't, because I'm not going to be sitting here going, you know what? They shouldn't. They shouldn't be going to Saudi Arabia because of that. They shouldn't be going to Saudi Arabia because it doesn't make sense for the football fans. I think that's what. Like, that's the reason yeah. why you wouldn't want them to go. I'm, I'm not, it's not my decision to make anyway. But I'm just. I'm saying if I, if I'm coming at it from any view, which is always on my purely football side of things. That's why I would, I would be against the decision anyway. But again, am I gonna? If it was the if it was the FA Cup, would I start watching the FA Cup? Probably not. Wouldn't you? It says a lot about you as a human being. You mean you watch the FA Cup? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the worst thing. I'm beating sports. Frankie Touchman, the president, the first president of Croatia, who took them through the civil war against Yugoslavia, said football is war minus the shooting. It's all intertwined. This is the reason Saudi Arabia want them to go to because they want to legitimise what they do. Uh, Spain want to go because they want some money. Yeah, be interesting to see what the players take on this would be. But players, but... players don't care. Like, yeah, not not most. I, I say don't care. Some of them do, obviously. But at the end of the day, mm. they're under contract to the club. Mm. It's like like uh, Scott Lynch and um, WWE. Like unless you've got major clout, you're going because you're under contract and you're not going to risk your employer. And ultimately, that's what footballers are. Yeah. It would be, why... di- oh. be different uh, yeah. to see if like a, a Messi goes because he has clout at Barcelona. At Barcelona, there, but I, I, I think every other player has to will go. just go because yeah. they're under contract. I mean, if you, if you work for a company, hmm. are, you, are you telling me that you if they said right, we're expanding to this country because we get all this money, would you quit? on the spot or anything like that what, what, I guess that's the, the question is well I'm not a um, I'm not a financially secure professional football with the backing of a players union behind me no no, no I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm not saying take football out of the like, take football out of the second like, yeah, but, you know but what, any, what union has got your back there like they're not asking you to do anything unreasonable it's, it's moral it's, it's, it's out of your morals hmm. which which is good because you should have morals and I, I, I admire the belief type thing but they're not asking you anything to do, you to do anything that's out with your working contract. ability, contract, mm. anything like that. So you literally would have to just take the high ground and quit and go somewhere else. And it would be the same for a footballer. They're not asking you to go into an unsafe, realistically, they're not asking you to go into an unsafe working environment mm. because they'll have so many security and all that. They'll have all the, the paperwork and documentation that they'll have to supply to the Spanish FA. They're it's just literally this is a moral issue not anything else so a union won't come into play here I was going to say two actually 
there was the WWE show in November, two actual WWE superstars refused to go. Okay, well, for those reasons. Yeah, yeah, for the political one was, reasons. One wasn't, wasn't one like a religious, effectively, yeah, like Sam, religious aspect. Sam, yeah, yeah. Sam who's Muslim. That's the thing. If, if you're, again, if you have got enough clout, but if that would, you know, and that, we don't want to get into a wrestling thing, but he's someone yeah. that he's got quite a lot of control. Because he's quite a well-respected person, but I think you, that you, you got someone on the bottom rung. Religion in as well. Yeah, mm. but you know, I think Ali's right. Messi, really, I guess, is going to be one of the only few people that's going to be able to turn around to the FA and go, "I'm not going." And if I'm not going, you won't want to get that. You won't get the same amount of money or anything like that because they, that's not what they're paying for. I think you know the clubs have got to stand up for it, and this is where it is. I think this is where the clubs need to do something. Yeah. It's not. It's not on the players because again, the players are under contract. The clubs are the ones that need to turn around and say, you know what, this is not what we want, and we are refusing. It wasn't there the thing about the La Liga game going to the US. I know, obviously, that's yeah. got the same political stuff, but they all didn't ended up sort of doing something like that, didn't they? And they all said, actually, no, that's not what we want to do, and it got reversed. Yeah. Whereas the America one, if they wanted to take it anywhere, take it to America where you're taking fans. You know, if you, if you want to do this whole, you want to widen the game, places like America, whilst not fan-friendly, it's good for the for the, for the the league, for the, the brands. you know, for the brands. Mm. Okay. Like, I, I have no objection to to things like that, to, like, you know, the char- like the charity shield for, for England, going to different countries. Like, I, I get for the loyal fans who want a day out and all that, but Nobody really cares about it. It's a glorified friendly, so I I wouldn't mind because like especially in the Premier League, obviously where it where it's maybe a bigger deal than than La Liga, but we have fans from all over the world supporting our clubs who don't get the chance to come over to to England all the time. So taking it, and I mean, there's probably people from like you just said, there's a an Ian Rush stadium, right, getting built in Pakistan. How many Pakistan Liverpool fans do you reckon there are over there? Purely because of Ian Rush. That's a fair point. Do you know what? So, like, that's why Liverpool tend to go to loads of random places um, for for pre-season friendlies. So, the, the, the Premier League is the biggest brand in mm. league in the world. Like, and it's not even close. I, I, I really don't see an issue with taking the charity shield um, over. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to do it with a, a competitive game. Um, but... Taking the charity shield to America, to Australia, you know, tight place. Why not? I guess yeah. the thing is, it's the places, isn't it? And I, and I, uh, Chris, like, I get what you're saying. I'm just what I'm trying to say is, as a football fan, mm. it it's gonna like it makes my enjoyment of the sport more difficult if I'm having to, you know, comp- I'm having to think about and consider these political agendas and, and pass and how people have made their money etc etc okay so fair enough uh, Ali you've got five minutes haven't you so did you want to talk about the Premier League team with you quickly yeah, I mean I'm, I mean everybody's kind of had their thoughts on this I think that the biggest complaint everybody has well most bar Adam and Ross um, <laughs> but Paul Paul this team we, so, surely we all agree on this the team yeah. is Edison Robertson Van, Van Der Vaart Virgil Van Dyke. Uh, Laporte, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Bernardo Silva, Fernandinho, Pogba, Sterling, Aguero, Marnie. So six Man City players, four Liverpool, one Manchester United. So who would you have ahead, in there ahead of Paul Pogba? Well, it did... Ruben Neves. Okay. I'd have Neves. 
Daniel Sturridge. Oh, he's offside. Um, <laughs> Daniel Sturridge. <laughs> it all depends on how you're picking this team. Like, I'd have, I'd have Neves. I'd have Madison. Or what? Just, just going by certain midfielders. I'd have Felipe Anderson, who was a better, better overall. Um, you can't just take on stats and goals and assists. They, they can't just come into play. Like, it, it's a real, Like, for me, I, I was having a talk with one of the other drivers at work today. Hazard and Pogba have been a very, very samey this year. Very patchy in performances. But for me, as we were discussing pre-pod, Ryan, Hazard contributes more. Maybe not in goals and assists, but even when Hazard's having this bad game, he's still doing something on the pitch. Whereas Pogba has been like an anomaly. Apart from his penalties and games, he's been horrendous apart from about six games this season. And he's actually been almost a bad influence. At times, or he's been labelled as a bad influence at times. He's definitely labelled. I mean, look, just I mean, Roy Keane's speech was enough <laughs> to tell you that. But even just like, go back to the team of the year, Chris. Mm. It's it's very hard to pick a team of the year when they're set in a formation because the team they picked doesn't necessarily say it would work together. They're just picked like you've got Fernandinho, Fernandinho, Bernardo, Silva, and Pogba. Yeah, mm. that's just fitting players in. I I would have a, a Neves in there as as you guys said. Am I, uh, am, I, I, am, I am I right in thinking these teams are picked in February or voted for in February? Yeah, no. which may yeah, have yeah, something yeah, to do because Pompey was going yeah. through his purple patch then, wasn't he? That's exactly why. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, um, but it's just I, I don't like any of the, the awards. They're all tactically voted. Like even Sterling had admitted, you know, he, he picked tactically. Mm. He didn't pick Van Dijk as as any of his two votes for Player of the Year. Yeah, it's. Like there's only for me, there's only been two players potentially get player of the year this year, and it is Sterling and Van Dyke. Yeah. So I think anybody who takes these awards really too serious, like I mean, Ramos when he's had like te- like remember Real Madrid were terrible a couple of seasons ago, um, and Ramos was still getting in team of the years constantly, just because of name and reputation, and that's why Pogba's got in. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, at the time. But, I mean, even Trent, Alexander, Trent Alexander-Arnold, I'm not convinced he's been the best right-back all season. No, me neither. It's maybe, it's maybe no. uh, just Liverpool's defence as a whole, which has then influenced that decision, because I can't think of too many other right-backs, to be fair, that stand out either. I can think of good full-backs. I've never remember whether they play right-back or left-back. Well, what, what position does Matt Doherty play? Right-wing-back. Right, so they, for me, Matt Doherty has been better overall this season than Trent Alexander Arnold. Hmm. Um I'm not I'm obviously not going to object to it because obviously he's a Liverpool player. But <laughs> it's like to me the team of the year is like when you do those combined elevens. You know, like yeah. from two teams. It's very it's very subjective, it's very hard to pick. And again it's it's not FIFA. You can't just put eleven players on a park. Like Pogba on ability would be in a team of the year for me. Same as Hazard, as we discussed pre-pod. Has Hazard's performances been better than Sun, Salah, Sterling? Um, even Bernardo Silva's played right wing all season. But to yeah. get him in, they've put him at centre midfield. Yeah. So, Which... it, it just sums up the mentality of the people picking it for me, personally. Um, so, whilst I'm outraged that Pogba's in... I also don't care because <laughs> it, it doesn't mean anything. Like I'm pretty sure, like 
Mo Salah's not in team of the year, but I'm pretty sure he's not going home crying. <laughs> well, he's he got, not he got to meet um, Khaleesi this week, didn't he? Yeah, I've no idea who that was until you mentioned it. I just... I put a picture of a wrestlers up just so I could... Just going to use the word iconic. Hmm. <laughs> so, well, how, but, many, okay, oh, how many wrestlers, on that have, note, how many wrestlers I, have gathered an army and, taken over the rem- and nearly taken over the Iron Throne? Triple H, Shawn Michaels. He, <laughs> he, conquered, he conquered the whole company. Rick Fair Fair. Yeah. Right, Stone but anyway, cold. gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. I apologise I have to leave, but have a good rest of the show. Take care. Right, he's gone. I think with the thing, something that I, I think I realised earlier why it annoyed me at the time. You did seem quite vexed. Uh, because I, I, I was like, right, I, I, I genuinely didn't think Pogba deserved to be in, and I think that's one thing. But then I realised it's because I got the, the alert on my phone from Sky Sports, and, I took, and it took me to the article, and the, the title was Pogba only non-Liverpool Man City player and team of the year. So it wasn't about how good the rest of the team of the year was, it was, it was it was the picture of Pogba. It was about him. The, the article was about him, and then it was like the rest of the team of the year is this. I'm like, well, wait a minute, no, 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 no. The point of the team of the year is let's let's celebrate the fact that we've got two fantastic teams that you know are, are performing like the likes of no one's really seen in a long time, and that's where the team of the year is because you've got ten of eleven players from two teams that are running right in the league. Mm-hmm. That is what makes the team of the year the team of the year. Not the fact that one player doesn't belong to those teams. Okay. And that's the thing that bothered me the most, is that it was all about Pogba. Okay. Should we talk about Brisbane Raw? No. That Shall penalty we? was absolutely outstanding. That was fantastic. This, yes, this was the penalty, Ryan, that you commented on as well. <laughs> this was Eric uh, Bathiel's penalty. It wasn't so much a penenka, it was much more a sort of roll on the floor, wasn't it? it? It's a little bit like, well, we've seen like Jorginho take penalties like that, haven't we? Yeah, like, the, run up to it step. and then you pass it in. But, I mean, for, for the people that, that have seen or haven't seen it yet, the goalkeeper, if you watch the goalkeeper, there's a definite thought that he probably could have saved it. I think he definitely yeah. could have got there. He yeah. should have, yeah. yeah. He, he sort of reacts to it, you can see it, and he, he sort of half makes a dive, but then almost like backs out of it. Yeah. Um, and it's something it sort of links to something I put on Twitter the other day because it, it was sort of during the United game when De Gea made his mistake and it's like I, I'm starting to now instead of going God the goalkeeper's at fault I always just sit there and wait for Justin to tweet because yeah. if Justin tweets and says the goalkeeper's at fault I feel like I can judge yeah. but so <laughs> I said oh the goalkeeper could have saved it and then I was thinking I should send this to, we should send this to Justin and see what he thinks you could send your anger to him in the form of a question couldn't you that's what I sometimes do would you expect Ang- the goalkeeper to make a save like that question Mark and, you know, <laughs> you've kind of got your point but then you've because then he'll come along and go Yes and no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, right. What else? Oh, some sad news this week. As Burundi midfielder Papi Feiti, as um, he died whilst playing for uh, Malanti Chiefs in Swaziland. Um, he was part of the team that helped Burundi qualify for their first Afcon in 2019, which takes place this summer, I think, doesn't it, Scott? Yes. Yeah, uh, I read it yesterday. It was a heart attack on the pitch. Yeah. Yeah. It's very quite sad. Um, I think he's the one of quite a few that have, that have sadly passed away in the last couple of years while playing football and of that nature. Yeah, incredibly sad. Um, Neil Wyack signing Kel Sherpin, James will kill me for that, 
Uh, who's <laughs> who's seen him in the news? I think I, know, I think I might have seen this one. Is this where when he was younger he said that PSV or someone like that was the the best team in Final. in Holland, Feyenoord, and then so when he signed, Mark Overmars made him write down. Ajax is the best team. Uh, Ajax is the most uh, beautiful club in the Netherlands a hundred yes, right. times. He did, yeah. Have you seen the picture from this? He's, I haven't seen the picture. He's sat in no, a classroom. Is it, um, is and, it, is oh, it Simpsons-esque? It's not so much Simpsons-esque. Guy. No, he's, not, he's writing it down on a piece of, on, on piece of paper. Whereas okay. it's, it's like he's in a classroom. Um, he's writing down a paper and sat on a table with their arms folded, looking quite stern at him. While Edwin van der Sar and Mark Overmars, um, they do look quite annoyed by this. Um, <laughs> the first leg of the Champions League CONCACAF final has taken place uh, Tigres beat Monterey 1-0 um, Monterey got the home leg next week and finally the Oceania Champions League lads it's back it's back oh my god it's back this it's weekend back. weirdly enough there's two it's the Champions League final of uh, AS Magenta versus Heigenheim um, and Auckland oh sorry AS Magenta versus Auckland and Heigenheim versus Team Wellington there are two New Zealand teams and two New Caledonian teams in the in the semi final. I can't wait to watch it. Is it on BT Sport? It's on YouTube. <laughs> uh, I mean, is this is this sort of um, showing the dominance of New Zealand and New Caledonian teams in the uh, in the region? There, do you think, Ryan? I'm going to say yes. <laughs> because if this sort of thing, you'd happens, imagine say so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, the people talk about the dominance of uh, the big. Four leagues like in Europe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is this the dominance of the big two leagues in Oceania, is it? You'd imagine so, yeah. If, if, if they're sort of, you know, all, if, if all four teams are, are from the same sort of two leagues or something, yeah, it's, it's definitely a dominance. What do you think could be done to mitigate that? That's, now you're asking too many questions. <laughs> now you've pushed your luck now. I've managed to blag it through a little bit. <laughs> okay, <laughs> right, let's end this by talking about some leagues. Um, Bear with me one second. So, first of all, we have got Spain. Uh, Barcelona can wrap up the title this week, can't they, with a win against Levante. Um, Getafe played Real Madrid the other day, didn't they? They drew 0-0 in oh, no, yeah. not the most exciting yeah. of games. Um, Valencia are playing Ibar and uh, Girona are playing Seville. Um, Italy, right. Scott, Lazio fans, they've been up to some monkey business again, haven't they? Oh, the fuck bastards. What are they like? Scamps, yeah, aren't they? Fuck. <laughs> Yeah, fasc- fascist salutes in in the streets of Milan, and then the continuing, ongoing, disgusting racial abuse of Bakayoko. Um, there's more than probably about five or six videos that have been show seen on Twitter in the last week. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's disgusting. FIGC won't do anything about it because they're still living in the dark ages where. They will find a player two thousand euros for diving, but won't do anything about racism in football. The club will find players for you know holding up a shirt, yeah, but not the players getting racially abused. Yeah. <laughs> um. So some of the fixtures there this weekend. So Juve obviously top Napoli second. Uh, Inter Milan sixty one points in third place. AC Milan uh, in the last Champions League spot on fifty six on goal difference ahead of Atalanta and a point ahead of Roma. So it's the derby d'Italia this weekend. Inter versus Juve. Um, Milan away to Torino that's not going to be an easy game and Atalanta are ready to pounce because they are home to Udinese and Roma are home to Calgary Milan yeah. have got a tough game haven't they yeah um, I tweeted that this morning I think Atalanta will win the Coppa Italia and 
now the fourth because they've been playing some absolutely brilliant football this season. Yeah. And um, they went to Naples on Monday and I know Napoli have their second, but they've had some god-awful bad form recently and they went there and won 2-1 and as you said, Milan are away at Torino. Torino are in a, like, a push for a, a European spot and it's it's going to go down to the wire. Steven Zapata still knocking them in? Yeah, uh, he set up one and scored one on Monday night against Napoli. Okay. I I think a Premier League club will buy him in the summer and it'll, it'll cost a lot of money. Yes. Quick quick question before you move on to the next one. Just mm-hmm. sort of going back to the, the sort of racial abuse thing. At what point do you, UEFA and FIFA need to come in and take sort of responsibility <laughs> and, and control these leagues? Like, About just, two just, weeks ago. Yeah, <laughs> probably about 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, I love yeah, your naivety, yeah. Ryan, but I can't see it happening. No, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, no. I'm not suggesting it, it, it is or would even happen, but you know, that's well, what is the no, it's a bit of a weird one. What is the point of these governing bodies? And you know, it's weird because you, you got all these things focusing on you know, financial fair play that didn't work and, and hasn't worked. Okay, that's, that's great, that's a noble cause to go after. But then you're still letting things happen across the board, and it's just like, hey, you're, you're focusing on that. You're clearly focusing on the wrong things, mm. and, it's... and it's just weird that nothing will ever get done about it. And that's so weird to me that just it's, it's just allowed to happen. It's tokenism at best. I mean, you watch a Champions League game and you see those players come on. But... Um, you see the advert, haven't we, where they all say no to racism in their own yeah. in their own individual language, and then of course you've got Fairnet as well, which is football against racism in Europe, which is they're partnered with UEFA. But it seems like token gestures at best, doesn't it? Because Fairnet do some fantastic work, but I just, I just imagine that UEFA can't be asked. I think it might take a prominent black player to come out and say, "I'm not moving to Italy because of the racial abuse." That may do something about it. I doubt it will. It's just so... I don't know about Italian society, but it's definitely entrenched in Italian football. It can't be any coincidence that this is Lazio done. If you think back to their Arkan banner, the days after Arkan was shot, um, they've got history, haven't they? Yeah, the fascist stuff. Um, Di Canio celebrating under the curver after a derby with a fascist salute, and then you've got uh, this now. Um, It just needs to be stamped out, and as I said, they won't do anything about it. They're more worried about banning Neymar for three games yeah. just because of an online uh, his Instagram post and then players getting racial abuse. I said to someone at work and I said that it will take someone walking off the pitch in Italy or in, in Europe. But we've had to, it in Italy. Yeah, to stamp their authority on it. Well, Kevin Prince Botang yeah. kicked the ball into the crowd and walked off. Uh, Sully Montari a couple of years ago almost actually tried to walk off. Yeah, he, got then, to, he got stopped, didn't he, by the ref? Yeah. Didn't he? yeah. And then the ref sent him off, gave him two yellows and sent him off. That yeah, that red card was rescinded. And I just think now someone will have to walk off the pitch and say no more. I think it would take um, Kublali to walk off. He's the one that's yeah. the focal point for all this. Um, and it's it. I mean, the Botone thing was fantastic, but it was in a friendly, wasn't it, against the fourth-tier team? But yeah, fourth-tier, yeah. It would take Koulibaly to walk off in a Serie A match, and possibly a prominent Serie A match for um, for something to even be discussed. But when he did that the other week against Inter, the uh, Italian politician or interior minister came out and yeah, the, said it was all... Yeah, and said, 
from? Deputy Prime Minister? Yeah, uh, that's right. Name. He came out and said Ooh. that they're abusing white players too. Is that racist? Oh, God, yeah. And then I the calorie he... president saying it's 50-50 it's because Moise Keane was um, antagonising calorie fans a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Well, didn't um, Chiellini say that as well? Was it Chiellini Bonucci. or Bonucci? Bonucci. Bonucci. Yeah, and you just think when you've got prominent players like that that you know are very experienced, even though when they're coming out and not, it's not even like it's on the opposite team or anything like that. It's his own team, mate. Having said you know. that, we, you know, we're in no ivory tower ourselves, are we? So this, oh, no, this, is, a European, oh, God, no. this is a European issue rather than a rather than an Italian issue or an Italian it football is, issue. But I think at least now you, you can see that, especially with the amount of coverage that I think Sterling's getting in, in a positive light recently about him coming out and, and speaking out about it and the fact that they're actually covering it in the media... And the Premier League seem like they're doing all the pub. Again, it could be token gestures, um, but I think you're now getting more positive people coming out and saying things, and I think that's what's going to take. And again, Harry Kane, for what we said before, it's going to take, you know, at one point, someone, the captain of a team goes, you know what, we're all walking off in support of this team, like teammate getting racially abused. And until that happens, you're right, nothing will change. Okay. I think Danny Rose said it all, said it best just not so long ago. He says, I can't wait to my playing days are over I just said I can't wait because the abuse that all these players are getting is disgusting uh, to which some of the replies were um, no one's stopping you now <laughs> which was yeah that's, that's bad that's the precedent is, yeah. is itself um, Germany Bayern Munich are a point ahead of Borussia Dortmund it's the um, Ruhr derby this weekend is it Dortmund versus Schalke yeah, Schalke are going into excellent form after getting dicked by Hoffenheim <laughs> by 5-2 last week and of course, Dortmund denying Schalke the Bundesliga ten years ago, didn't they? Um, just before yeah. the end of the season, this is a revenge, sort of best served, very cold, isn't it? Yeah, this has got Dortmund winning six 0 all over it. <laughs> uh, Nuremberger at home to to Bayern Munich in France. Um, the only thing really left to play for is the last Champions League spot. So third place, Lyon on fifty nine points, um, and then their big rivals, Saint Etienne, are three points behind uh, and one goal worse off in fourth place. So Bordeaux play league on this weekend and Saint Etienne are at home to Toulouse. Um, some games in the Championship. So Norwich are uh, they're virtually up, aren't they? Sheffield United <laughs> in second place. Ross, put your hands against your ears uh, and say la 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 a lot because it is the uh, playoffs. Leeds, West Brom, Villa, and Derby currently occupy the playoff spots, and Borough and Bristol City are in seventh and eight so we could have a playoff after Spygate of Leeds versus Derby couldn't we that'd be laugh. you could you know it's going to just be I was speaking to a Derby fan about it at work yeah I said it's the script I think has already been written <laughs> Derby are beating Leeds well yeah. it, playoff. it is Bristol City versus Derby tomorrow so this is sixth versus um, eighth. eighth so this yeah. could be incredibly interesting and Middlesbrough have got Reading so um, Reading are pretty much safe now aren't they Oh, what's the league type table? I know Rotherham or uh, not Rotherham, Bolton are always are, are down. Uh, yeah, Bolton, uh, are. yeah, Rotherham yeah. are three or four points off safety, aren't they? Here we go, championship. Yeah, uh, Millwall. Uh, is it Millwall? Is the final occupant of the the last relegation spot? Yeah, I mean Reading are safe all but mathematically, so yeah, they're pretty much there. So you know, um, every, every time I watch the uh, Colin Murray on that uh, quest, Borough are losing. Yeah, they they got walloped by Notts Forest on Easter Monday three now. I will say Aston Villa are the most informed team at the moment. Yeah. Is it t- ten in a row? It's their best and, form since nineteen ten, isn't it? Yeah, they've they've 
absolutely put some sides away. And I think, sorry, Ross, I think it could be 11 in a row on Sunday lunchtime. Ross hates Aston Villa. <laughs> he hates Aston Villa. I think if you ask him, he might even hate them more than Manchester United and any other Yorkshire team. Huddersfield yeah. and all that lot, yeah. Uh, League One, okay, what have we got? We've got 21st versus 18th, uh, which is Wimbledon in 21st place uh, on 46 points against Wickham, who are on 50. So Wickham are a point behind Plymouth Argyle and South End, who are just about to say. But Wimbledon have drawn their last four. They got four. a point, yeah. They got a point at Luton, Luton who yeah. Have been- on Tuesday night or Wednesday night yeah. last minute equaliser which was I think a godsend for them but put a dent into Luton's uh, championship uh, parade that they want they're, they're gunning for the league title in League One it'd be crap if they go down and MK Don's come up wouldn't it <laughs> oh god <laughs> vile uh, it's third versus fourth as well in League One um, for Greg and Thomas Portsmouth play Sunderland so Luton are top with 91 points Barnsley second 88 then third place is Portsmouth and fourth is uh, Sunderland so yeah it is Portsmouth versus Sunderland what's your Barnsley have got let's have a little look uh, I was just going to say have any of you two seen the, have you, any of you two seen the Fleetwood trailer that's uh Hit YouTube in the last week or so. Uh-huh. Is, it, well, is it to do with hitting or? Uh, no, there's is a behind the scenes documentary of their season, which I think comes out after this, after the last couple of games, oh, and right. yeah, centres Joey Barton. Does it include? Does it include an assault or is that? <laughs> I I don't know if it might include an alleged assault. There's a on the trailer. There's a fight between Paddy Madden and a one of the Fleetwood defenders. And what I read about it was that one of the Fleetwood defenders got a broken nose out of it. What's this going to be on? Is this on Netflix or something? Is it? I think it's going to be on YouTube. Oh, brilliant! I'm all over this then. So yeah. with this whole Joe Barton thing, because I think I've I've sort of you know been out the loop of it a little bit. What actually happens? Oh, like, he, is he? Did he actually do anything? Did, well, he, allegedly, allegedly. Yeah, yeah, allegedly he did. Air, air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> but the opposite yeah. manager did actually have like damage, though, didn't he? Yeah, yeah blood pouring down. Uh, Corley Woodrow. Corley Woodrow. That's Barnes- I was to think of his name. Yeah. The Barnsley player tweeted out so, uh, a tweet that was deleted. I think probably minutes later. Saying that uh, what Joey Barton done was disgusting. You don't go and insult another team's manager, etc., etc. But they've not proved that they've the investigation. No, no, no. Okay. I'm going. Not yet. Uh, League Two, Scott. All of those League Two and Scott written here. I'm hoping you've memorised all of League Two. Uh, so, oh God. So I just, Alex Oxlade Chamberlain nearly scored to make it five nil. Oh, he but oh, he, yeah, he's on the pit. So yeah, um, League Two's. Um, so you've got Lincoln have already sewed that up, so yep. they've automatic promotion, and they'll be eyeing up uh, the, the championship at the weekend. So you've I got think they've got it, haven't they? Oh, they got it. They got the point that they needed for promotion. Uh, I thought they got on Easter Monday, but Burnley need... are five, six, eight Burnley... points behind with two games. Oh, Burnley, Barry, eight points behind Barry. with two games left. Sorry, Barry. So Barry. it's actually yeah. So the championship's sewn up. So then you've got Barry, uh, Mansfield, MK Dons. Tramere, uh, oh, Forest Green, Tramere. Forest Green, Tramere, and then you've got the plethora of teams of Exeter, who are the final playoff spot, and they're getting chased by Carlisle, um, Stevenage, and Newport County. It was going to be Swindon until Swindon thrown it away in the last few weeks. Oh, they have, haven't 
Yeah, we, we bowled it in the last couple of weeks. But at the bottom Four of the league... All draws and a loss. Yeah, and we got absolutely dick, dicked by crew on Monday. Night, on Monday, and it, Honestly, it could have been about 4-0 at half-time. <laughs> it was so bad. Imagine uh, but the screen would be if they had Christian Deutsch for the first half of the season. Yeah, for the first six months, if he wasn't getting wasted away at Bolton, getting unpaid wages and hardly any game time. Mm. But the story is at the bottom of the table, where yeah. it's between Notts County, Macclesfield and Yeovil. And Swindon have got Notts County on the final day of the season. You see, I... And that could be... gone. No, you see, Notts County, I want to stay in because, of course, they're the oldest club. Yeovil are quite like... Yeah. I remember when they got promoted from the National League and they went all the way up to the Championship, so I quite like that. Yeah. And Macclesfield, I want Sol Campbell to do well. As much as he might be a weirdo, I'd quite like him to, <laughs> to do okay. So, I'm quite torn between all these teams. It's it's going to go down to the final game. Uh, I know Macclesfield's... I've actually been doing quite well recently mm. um, under Sol Campbell in the last couple of weeks. Yeovil have been in such disgusting form that I think they sh- they could go down. And Notts County have had a horrible last couple of years where they got relegated in League One, missed out on the playoffs mm. after getting beat by Coventry. And this season has just been terrible. They've gone through a couple of managers. Remember, me and you, Chris, were talking about Harry Cure, and he's only been there, was there 12 weeks, and he got sacked after leaving Crawley, and now Neil Erdley's in charge, and they've got all this ownership problems. I think they might be... Uh, I think they could be in the National League next season. Well, it was a year ago that Kevin Nolan was raging that they should have had a penalty against Coventry in the playoffs, wasn't it? And that would have in taken them to Wembley. Yeah, and then they lost the second leg. I think they got absolutely walloped. And then they just haven't recovered since. And Nolan, I think he got sacked after losing 4-1 to... Yeah, they got beat by Yeovil Mm. 4-1 at home. And then, yeah, it's just gone... It's just gone really bad for them. Yeovil started well as well, didn't they? They were in the playoffs till sort of October, November time, weren't they? Yeah, and their form's just plateaued. And they gave their, their manager, who's now been sat down way a new three-year deal and yeah they've just gone just gone downhill very quickly and very badly yeah Ryan you can wake up now <sighs> but I, but I will say, yeah, you're, you're starting to sound like Adam but I will say <laughs> the if the playoffs are the best part of the football league season if your team's not in it it's amazing yeah. but if your team is in it it's the worst feeling in the world I've, I've seen Swindon at Wembley twice. It's it's gut wrenching. I used to be really really anti the playoffs, but as I've got older, I mean they are fascinating to watch. And watching them, you can't help but feel sort of like emotionally part of it for some of the teams because you sort of mm. oh, watching any game of football, you want sort of one team to win more than the other for whatever reason. And watching the playoffs, I mean, I mean, it's 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 difficult to watch them, isn't it? I can imagine. But um, I've always. The more and more I sort of think about it, maybe if you have like the bottom half of one t- table goes relegated and the top half of another table gets promoted or something, give them all something to play for, or playoffs <laughs> down to like twelfth place or something like that. <laughs> Make it interesting. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, right, okay, so that's everything done. Um, Scott, I promised you I'd put this on the Man on the Post Twitter account. I haven't done it yet, but you wrote an article on your WordPress blog about Spal this week, didn't you? Yeah, um, Spal's miraculous. Um rise to safety in just six weeks so uh, just probably early March they were just outside the relegation zone and then they've just been on this magnificent run of form where they've put aside Roma 
Lazio, Frosinone. They lost to Cagliari, but they've beaten Juventus. And last week uh, and uh, Easter Saturday went to Empoli in, I would say, a bottom of the table clash. And they won 4-2 and now are nine points above them in the league table. So they've gone from 17th to 13th in space six weeks and are vying for maybe a top 10 finish. They do have Genoa at home at the weekend and if if, uh, if you guys are betting man put stick your money on a spell home win Go on, I'm not a betting man are you no not uh, <laughs> only when I'm, I get my money back <laughs> <laughs> they are 6-4 to four, so alright mm, yeah well we will uh, they've got a funny name so I've always sort of kept my eye on them so they got some good they got some good players um, they've got um, I don't know if you do you remember the player Pitania who was at Atalanta yep He's been firing them in this season. He's got 14. So 14 goals in Serie A for a lower league professional side is quite good. And they've also got ex-lead striker Marco Antonucci on their books. Okay, so where do we, where do we find this blog to read about it? Oh, it is. It's on my Twitter feed, so I will probably... I did DM it to you, so... You did. I will tweet it yes. out, but yeah, um, yeah, I'll tweet it out from one of the posts as well. So, uh, and there was an unusual efforts podcast this week talking about the Copper ninety fallout with um, with poet as well. Uh, so Kirsten, um, Jesse, and Sonia had Shireen Ahmed on, uh, who is a Canadian freelance writer who uh, an activist who talks about these things. Well, she was very interesting to listen to as well. Um, any Eurospods? Uh, we didn't record one last week because. Um... We plan to do one next week. I think James is moving house in Amsterdam and he was sorting all those details out last week. So we'll have one next week. Okay, so we'll see what seedy part of the area he's moved to. (laughs) (laughs) Red light district. (laughs) Uh, Ryan, anything on your horizon? Uh, No, not really. I'm trying to think now. uh, No? No, nothing interesting? No, nothing yet. No, there's always plans, but... Whether they actually stick to any of those plans is a different story. All right, fair enough. Okay, right. Um, Ryan, if they want to follow you, how do they do that? They can follow me on Twitter at the Ryan Goodman. Scott, how do they do that with you? Uh, at Scott underscore Monroe. Okay, uh, you can follow Man of the Post on Twitter at Man of the Post, Instagram as well at Man of the Post. You can give our Facebook group a like um, as well. We're putting more and more content on there. Um, we have a Kofi, uh, or oh, whatever the hell it is, Kofi. <laughs> I think it's I think it's supposed to be like coffee because that's what yeah. the point is. So. It's ko-fi.com slash man of the post. Uh, we do this content for free. The other week we put out, or week before last, we put out 365 minutes of content across four podcasts for free. Um, not saying we should be paid for this, but we uh, all provide our own audio content for this. We provide our own time uh, and we do our own research as well on this. Um, so if you like what you hear to help keep this pod bringing the content that you like and the quality of the content and the quality of the audio that you hear as well, uh, if you could drop a donation to that, we really would appreciate it. We're one of the very few podcasts that don't offer a Patreon. Every other podcast seems to offer some sort of patreon service we don't do that but we do appreciate any donations we do get we appreciate any reviews we get itunes or acast or wherever you can um, download us from um you can subscribe or follow so spotify acast stitcher or itunes um and they all automatically fall into your inbox from there um i think that's it have i missed anything oh this is gonna be a sunday show i imagine this weekend as well previewing or reviewing all the things that we've been previewing uh, and hopefully there'll be an unusual efforts podcast coming out soon so Ryan and Scott. Come on. Come on.
can I can I quickly add something? I know I put it out on the on the WhatsApp group. Um, the sad tale of Emiliano Sala's yeah. dad just pa- oh, yeah. passing passing away three months after his son sadly pa- uh, died in the tragic plane crash. Yeah, yeah that was quite these. some sad news. It's not it's not been the best three months for the Sala family. No, awful awful news. Um, right, guys, thank you ever so much for joining me. Thank you. And always, no worries. Always wanted to keep your man on the post. Thank you.